Hallelujah, Jesus is alive. He has resurrected. He has risen from death to life. Amy is going to come and read to us from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake from an angel of the Lord, for an angel of the Lord came from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guard was so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here, he is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples. He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Thank you, Amy. If you have your Bibles, please keep them open because we will be looking at these verses right now. We're going to reread verses 1 to 4. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat in it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. See, here's a bit of a comparison. Let's look at the guards. They shook and became like dead men because of what happened. But let's keep reading verses 5 and 6. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Jesus, the one who was crucified, he is not here. He has risen. The guards who were alive became like dead men because they were so afraid. But Jesus, who was dead, became alive. He was resurrected. He was raised from death to life. This is amazing. And if we keep reading, it gets even more amazing. Let's read verses 5 and 6. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said, just as he said, Jesus was crucified. He was put on the cross to die. Guards witnessed his death and they stabbed him in the side with a spear. He was buried and wrapped in cloths, a little bit like an Egyptian mummy. A huge stone that weighed about as much as a big car was rolled into place to seal the tomb. And guards were put into place to protect the tomb and to keep it secure. And this was upon the request of the chief priests 
and the Pharisees, the religious leaders at the time who rejected Jesus. If you turn back the page to Matthew 27, 62 to 66, Matthew 27, 62 to 66, as we read this, listen out for what the chief priests and the Pharisees hear Jesus say. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, so while Jesus was still alive, that deceiver, that liar, said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead, the last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. Now a guard isn't one guard, that's what I would think, but back in the Roman days a guard was 16 trained soldiers. 16 trained soldiers. And it's interesting, the chief priests and the Pharisees, the religious leaders at the time who rejected Jesus, heard Jesus say, after three days I will rise again. Now this wasn't the only time he said it, and they weren't the only people who heard this. Jesus said it many times, and many people heard it. One example is in Matthew 16, 21. One example is in Matthew 16, 21, when he is speaking to his disciples. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and on the third day, to be raised to life. Those who rejected Jesus and thought he was lying heard it, and those who came to believe him heard it too. After three days, I will rise again. Day one, Good Friday, Jesus dies. Day two, Saturday. Day three, Sunday, the first Easter day. He is not here, he is risen just as he said. That's not a promise many people make. After three days, I will rise again. And it's certainly not a promise that you can believe from many people, in fact, from anyone in this life other than Jesus. After three days, I will rise again. Day one, Good Friday, Jesus dies. Day two, Saturday. Day three, Sunday, the first Easter Sunday, he is not here, he has risen, just like he said. Jesus is not a deceiver, like the chief priests and the Pharisees thought. Jesus is completely true and trustworthy and believable. Let's look at verses six and seven and see what the angel told the women, Mary and Mary, to do. He is not here, he has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, now I have told you. 
So the women, they looked at the place and it was clear that Jesus wasn't there. It was clear that he was alive. No, 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 Tim. No, 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 no. Did they know at this point that he was really alive or was the tomb just empty? Actually, let's look back at verses 1 and 2. There's a detail that I think some of us miss. Verses 1 and 2. Look again at verses 1 and 2. After the Sabbath, at the dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. The angel didn't roll back the stone so Jesus could leave. The angel rolled back the stone when Mary and Mary arrived. The angel rolled back the stone for the first witnesses to see that the tomb was empty. And all the time, verse 4, the guards were there, still alive, but were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men because Jesus was alive. So what do the women do? Well, let's look at verses 8 to 10. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet, filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Jesus was alive. He had resurrected, risen from death to life, just as he said. And the women encountered the risen Jesus and they were filled with joy, and they worshipped him. Is that what you're here to do this morning? Are you here to worship the risen Jesus? And if you're wondering, well, why would I do that? Why would I worship Jesus? But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, for since death, came through a man. The resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Fantastic, thank you, Johnny. Jesus was alive, he had resurrected, he was risen from life, from death to life, just as he said. And the women, they encountered the risen Jesus, they were filled with joy, and they worshipped him. Are you here to worship him? He is not here, he has risen because Jesus 
has resurrected. He has risen from death to life. And we know that all Christians too will rise with him. Jesus has risen as the first fruits. That's what verse 20 tells us. If you plant an orange tree, eventually it produces its first ripe orange. And it is a sign to come that the rest of the harvest will appear. The first ripe orange is a sign that more ripe oranges will come. That's as good as my gardening knowledge gets, but that's as good as it needs to be. Jesus, as the first fruits, is a little bit like the first ripe orange, showing that there are more ripe oranges to come. Obviously, Jesus wasn't an orange, but he was man. He was fully man and fully God. And he was the first to die and to raise to eternal life. But he is the sign that all in him will die and raise to eternal life. All who have fallen asleep, so all who have physically died in Christ, will rise just like he has to life in eternity. Why is this important? Because we're either in Adam or we're in Christ, Jesus. We're naturally born into Adam, but by faith we could come into Jesus. We're naturally born into Adam, but by faith we could come into Jesus. So what's the difference between these two champions? If we could have our slide up, that would be fantastic. What we see in verse 21 is that in Adam, death came because of sin. In Adam, death came because of sin. But in Jesus, the resurrection of the dead happens because he was sinless. He lived the perfect life. All those in Adam will die. And this is the eternal death that the Bible calls hell. But all of those in Christ will be made alive. All Christians will share in Jesus's resurrection life. And that will be for all eternity in heaven or the new creation. In verse 23, when Jesus comes again, all who belong to him by faith will be risen to life. Jesus will destroy all dominion, authority, and power, all rule of sin, and anyone still in Adam. This is why we need to know it. And this is why Christians celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection, because by his grace, by his loving gifts, anyone in Jesus will not be destroyed, will not face eternal death, but will be given eternal life and will share in his resurrection life. They'll be raised from death to life. To be in Jesus is to have faith or to trust that he is the one who is able to forgive our sins and able to give us this new resurrection life. To be in Jesus is to trust that he is the one who is able to forgive our sins and able to give us this new resurrection life. And this is why Christians can say, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? 
Because the sting of death is sin, which causes eternal death. But Jesus, he was sinless. He did no wrong. He completely followed God's law perfectly. He defeated sin. He has the victory over sin and the victory over death. And anyone who trusts in the risen Jesus can have their sins forgiven. Anyone. As far as the east is from the west, he has removed our sins from us. So Christians can say, thanks be to God, because Jesus our Lord shares his victory over sin and over death with us. Remember the women in our first passage in Matthew 28 verses one to 10, they encountered the risen Jesus, they were filled with joy, And they worshipped him, and they worshipped him for this very reason. All of us this morning have encountered the risen Jesus. Maybe not physically, but we've heard that he is not here, that he has risen, just like he said. We've all heard this this morning. He is not here, he has risen, just like he said. Will you respond to Jesus like the women? Will you be joyful and worship him? Or will you reject his message and ignore him? All of us in Christ, just like the women were told by Jesus in Matthew 28 verse 10, do not be afraid. All of us in Christ, we don't have to be afraid. But the guards who stood against Christ were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. They had no such comfort from Jesus and no such comfort from the angel because in Adam is death. So the question is, well, what will you choose? Will you choose to trust Jesus and share in his resurrection life for eternity or will you choose to reject Jesus and stay in Adam to die the eternal death of hell? Well, how do we know this is true? Well, actually, let's remember our memory verse. Maybe, children, if you could pause there. If you're not quite done, don't worry, because you could carry on after the service. But also, I am out with you guys next week. So whilst we're watching the video, there'll be time to finish it off. I've planned ahead. Yeah, it's the only time of my life. Perhaps if Sarah, if you could bring it up with one helper, and maybe we could read it together one last time to remind me, in particular, what it says and where it's from. It's looking very good. Fantastic. So after three, let's read it all together. Three, two, one. He is not here, he has risen. Matthew 28, verse 6. Fantastic. Um, If you just put that on the floor, we can sort that later. If you guys grab your seats. How do we know that it's true that we can share in Jesus' resurrection life? Well, as our memory verse says, he is not here, he has risen. We know it's true because Jesus is the first fruit. 
He is the one that is the example of what will happen to all Christians. Yes, they'll die physically, but they will live on spiritually and they'll be raised to eternal life because of his good works, his glorious works, and his grace. All who trust in him will rise just as he has risen for eternity, sharing in his resurrection life, to be raised from death to life. 